All right. Welcome, Bulldog basketball fans, to Season 2, Episode 1 of the Drake Basketball Podcast. I'm Tucker, and I'm here with my co-host, Eduardo. Uh, Welcome back. We are so back. DBP, Drake Basketball Podcast. It's back. Hashtag it. Eduardo, so good to be back here uh, with you talking Drake basketball. Did you have a chance to look over the uh, preseason picks the other day coming out of MVC Media Day? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it's funny because, you know, we haven't we haven't recorded a pod in a couple months, but at the same time, it does feel like we have been recording a pod because, you know, we'll we'll message and and just talk talk about all things Valley and and all things Drake throughout throughout the week uh, being selected again uh, to lead the conference. I, I think Drake's coming into it with with high expectations as they should um, with the returning with the returning players with the players they added in the portal. Uh, I'll be honest, I think the thing that maybe surprised me the most was seeing you and I receiving 19 first place votes and finishing second. Um, I think that confused me a little bit. Uh, I think they they definitely have a, a young core that you would expect to get better. Um, and obviously they're led by Bowen Bourne and like, you know, he's, he's a good scorer and, and all that, but that was surprising to me. I mean, I think just based on how last season went, I think Bradley is, is, is going to be solid again this year. I think Indiana state is also going to be really good. Um, just a really good offensive team. So I don't know. It just seemed like a, a big stretch when you look at the good teams in the Valley to so clearly say you and I is the second best team. Like that seemed very, very aggressive by the coaches. If you, if you hadn't had a chance to review the rankings yet, I'm just going to go through them for you here real quick. We have Drake in first place, you and I in second, Bradley in third, Indiana state in fourth, Belmont in fifth, Missouri state in sixth, Murray state in seventh, Illinois state in eighth, Southern Illinois in ninth, UIC in 10th, and Evansville and Valpo rounding out the pack. So, Eduardo, you said the biggest surprise for you uh, was UNI. Could you go into a little bit more detail for me about why you are struggling to understand the pollster's choice here to put them in second? I feel like it's it's twofold, because on the one hand, I feel like it's kind of disrespecting some of the other good teams in the conference. I mean, I think the Valley is going to have a pretty a pretty good year. Like having Southern Illinois ninth, um, I feel like that's where they should be. And that just shows you that the league is actually pretty deep this year. Um, Like I expect them to still be a pretty good team. It's just there's a lot of competition up top. So so it felt a little you're overlooking Belmont, you're overlooking Bradley, you're overlooking Indiana State. And again, like I I feel like the majority of that belief is just an assumption of like, Everyone in their roster is going to get better, and I don't. I don't know if I see that. Yes, like they have a good returning core, but to me, to see that kind of jump, it would be like, oh my, oh man, they added like three or four guys in the portal that are going to be significant contributors, and and I don't. That's that's not really the case. And again, they were just a few votes away from essentially being picked to win the conference. Um, so I don't know. I mean, Bowen Bourne. 
He's a really good player. I mean, his usage uh, is obviously really high. So I think for him, it's almost, you know, can he be more efficient? Yeah, probably a little bit more efficient. Uh, but he already has the ball a lot. I mean, he already takes a ton of the shots in their offense. Yeah, when I when I talk to you and I fans about this, their two big points about why they're going to be so much better seem to hinge on a health because they had some injuries last year. Uh, you know, Bowen Bourne had a nagging uh, foot problem for a lot of the year, but it certainly didn't seem to slow him down too much, at least to my casual fans eye. And second, they're bringing in a transfer that I know you're familiar with as a family with several people who graduated from Loyola, but they're bringing in Hudson, a mm-hmm. seven footer from Loyola who didn't seem to get along too well with coaching superstar Drew Ballantyne and decided to head over to the Panthers. But, but I agree with you. Like it's definitely counting on a lot of people to take a significant step forward because I mean, I, I don't even remember off the top of my head what they finished last year. Was it, was it eighth? Yeah, they were. Yeah, they played Bradley uh, in the in the quarterfinals. So yeah, they would have been either eighth or ninth because they were they were right there. They they had to play the the night before. So so who do you think is going to be uh, Drake's biggest competitor for the for the Valley title? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think Indiana State feels a little. I kind of want to see more in the regular season. Um, kind of prove it. For, for me to think, hey, they can win the conference or they can finish top two, top three. I think Belmont's going to be really good. They finished pretty strong this past season, and I just feel like it took them a, a while to kind of get into the Valley rhythm, and then they finished really strong. And I, Bradley is going to be right there. I think for them, um, it's a little bit more the institutional knowledge, right? Like they've been a pretty successful program these past couple years. Um, and they still return Malvi Leons and and Connor Hickman. And uh, so a lot of that same core is, is still there. So you would expect them, again, to be solid, to play defense, to be good at home. And I mean, all those elements point to they'll probably finish top four. Uh, it'll it'll be kind of like last season, like you, you'll start getting to those last few weeks and you, you'll start seeing like, OK, who has who has a bet who ends at home or you know, who has a better uh, a better pairing with some of the teams you play twice versus the teams you play once. And and that might be the difference. I mean, I think for Drake, the thing that'll that will still concern me is um, with with the breeze. It seems like it's always taken, you know, aside from what was it, 2021, where, where they started undefeated for for a good chunk of the season. It's always been a little bit slow out of the gate. And with so many new faces, I kind of feel like that could happen again. So hopefully they don't get in too much of a hole, which they definitely did last year. Um, you know, they kind of went on a roll after a, a bad start. But who do you think will be will be Drake's uh, biggest challenger? I don't think it's going to be Bradley. I could see Indiana State. Um, I think the coaching job that's been done over there has been outstanding. Casey Alexander at Belmont. They have uh, another first-teamer, Cade Tyson, who has been getting NBA discussion like uh, like Tucker DeVries. So I uh, I think if if I had to pick one, I would guess Indiana State or Belmont. And Belmont was picked fifth. So again, like going back to just being a little bit surprised at how the top stack stacked up. And I also want to shout out to the one person that voted for Missouri State. Uh, that seems very optimistic. 
but I did think that was funny to see Missouri State receiving one vote. <laughs> uh, they ultimately were picked sixth in the conference, which we all know with Missouri State, it's never it's never a matter of talent. It's never a matter of athleticism. They just, uh, for whatever reason, don't seem to 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 get it all together. But hey, they'll have Donovan Clay back, and just having him just they're always going to be a tough out. You know, they always give Drake uh, pretty ugly, tough games. Yeah, and I do want to clarify, I am higher on UNI than you are. I think they're for sure going to be a top four team, and I think they'll they'll contend for that second or third spot. You're on the record. I mean, I'm not relegating to the basement. It just felt very aggressive to basically be a couple votes away from being voted to win the conference. Um, I think that's definitely more of a respect on Ben Jacobson and just the assumption like, okay, well, you and I has to compete for the title again, surely. Um, so I don't think, I don't, I don't disagree. I mean, if they, if they finish eighth last year, like, yes, I think they're definitely more in the top five, top six, um, and who knows? Like I said, I think it'll come down to a few games once you get down to it. So they might sneak in second, third, fourth, but I think it'll be more, more on the four, five, six range for me. All right. So I want to talk to you about the scrimmage we had. Drake had its first real game against an opponent this year that played an exhibition matchup against Truman State. I was out of town and it wasn't being streamed, so I was I wasn't able to see it, and I know you weren't able to attend either. But uh, take a look at the box score. Is there anything that jumps out at you? I think just looking at some of the newcomers and how how they fared. I mean, we talked a lot about Kevin Overton coming into the season. Um, I did get a chance to go to the white and blue scrimmage a few weeks ago, and the thing that stands out with him and then looking at some of the highlights and looking at the box score is he just is always in control. He's, you know, he's very smooth. He doesn't, he doesn't really, he's never, he, he doesn't really get too rushed. Um, and I think that's a really good trait to have, especially when you're a freshman. Uh, he finished the game with 14 points and, and three, three threes. Uh, so that was good to see. Carlos Rosario off the bench scored 17 for Drake. Again, just having that scoring punch uh, as a six man, like that'll be huge. I know Atin Wright did not have a, a great game, uh, kind of inefficient, two of eight. But when I when I saw him at the scrimmage, he is just always going downhill. And that's something that puts so much pressure on the defense. It puts so much pressure on just attacking the rim. And I think that's something that I don't think Drake has had. And I don't even remember because, you know, when Roman attacked the pen, the, the pen, when Roman <laughs> attacked the paint, uh, it was more so like he's driving to find other people. You know, he's using his floaters. He's finding the angles. A teen right can get to the rim. Um, he just is a little bit more athletic. Uh, so I think that'll be huge for Drake. Like I could see... I can just see it like an ugly game in January when you don't have anything going on offense on the road and you turn the ball to a team right and you're just just go downhill, go get free throws, go get to the bucket. I think that'll be huge. Uh, but what what things stood out to you uh, see, seeing the the box score? We did win by 44. I guess we didn't we didn't say that, but <laughs> 45, sorry, against uh, Truman State. So 
so that's good you always gonna you always want to start out well feel good play good don't take it for granted you know louisville did lose to another d2 school just last week so what were your thoughts uh going through the box score all the same points as you in terms of Overton, uh, his production, guards. The question that's left in my mind coming off of that game is what Coach DeVries is going to do uh, with lineups when Darnell Brody is not on the floor. Yeah. Last year, typically, uh, when Brody was on the bench, he would turn to uh, Nate Ferguson to come in and back him up. In the scrimmage against Truman State, he appeared to use a combination of uh, Northweather and Ferguson with uh, freshman Patrick Bath stealing a few minutes in there as well. Um, but I know we talked about this when we were breaking down the roster this year, but it seems like we have a lot more length and athleticism this year. So I'm wondering if instead of going the traditional route of just, you know, plugging and playing, uh, your next biggest guy on the roster, if maybe he doesn't go for a smaller but more athletic lineup. Yeah, I think you just have a lot more different options, right? We have bigger guards. We have some switchy forwards. So I really think it doesn't become just an automatic of, okay, Brody's on the bench. Okay, here you go, Nate Ferguson. I think it'll be, okay, we have we have Ethan Roberts. We have Tucker we have Carlos Rosario, you know, we have Kevin Overton. Um, I think he'll definitely play uh, play around with the lineups and, and just figure out what works. And DeBreeze has always shown that he's really good at adjusting um, mid-game and making making changes. So I, I really think that might look like you might have your core eight, nine guys that play, but just the different lineups might be kind of game to game, depending on on who you're playing. Uh, say you're playing Missouri State, we talked about them. Uh, he'll probably throw more length and athleticism out there. You know, if you're playing someone that plays more a traditional big, then yeah, maybe he'll just go to Nate Ferguson. Uh, so it, it's it's good to have so many options. As, as any Drake fan knows, like, I don't even get I'm not even going to get excited of having so many good, healthy players because, you know, ultimately we'll end up having, you know, seven injuries as as the season goes on. But right now we, it's it's exciting to have so many different options for guards, for forwards and just letting the breeze figure out, OK, how do I make this? How do I maximize all this talent? Yeah. DeVries might be the best coach I've seen at game prepping for opposing teams of any coach I've ever seen. Because, I mean, you saw it in against Miami last year. He held Isaiah Wong, who was an All-American and their leading scorer, to, I think, four points. Like, he, he crafts his defense especially to take away their biggest strength. And I, I'm really excited to see what he does with the kinds of tools we have now defensively. Like, you've got Kevin Overton, who has a 6'11 wingspan, who's a wing and moves like a wing or guard. Uh, you've got Carlos Rosario, who I think he's listed at 6'7. And he's also just a super rangy guy with long wingspan. And I think because we have more defenders like that this year, I think he's going to be able to move them around and you know, do switches where maybe we'd have to to run through the screen instead in the past. So yeah, I'm so psyched to see what he does uh, with this year's roster. One one quick note of a guy that probably no one has in their in their team notes that I know I've I've talked about to you before. As you can jot him down as someone who I think will have 
a small role for Drake at some point this season. Andrew Aaliyah, who was a walk-on last year, he, I saw him at the scrimmage, and he's a guard. He really stood out just because he seemed so in control of what he was doing. Just a really good, solid ball handler. He can hit the three. And yeah, those types of guys come in really handy in a long season where you can say, okay, go run the second unit, give us some spot minutes. So I'm calling my shot with him just because that's not someone that with, again, with all these newcomers and and transfer portal guys uh, who are scorers and who are proven at their various universities, you're probably not expecting a walk-on from this past season to get much run, but I think I think he's looked pretty good in the scrimmage, and then he got 11 minutes last night. Um, when which you look at the box score, you know, he he'll you'll you'll remember there'll be a game where he hits a couple threes off the bench, and you'll you'll reference back this podcast. All right, so Eduardo has nominated his official Garrett Sturts Player of the Year. Exactly, exactly. From walk on to stardom. All right, let's move on to the non-conference schedule. I don't know about you, but I think we have some great matchups in here to the casual or power conference fans. I, they're going to complain about a lack of quality matchups, I would assume. But if you follow basketball closely and you really enjoy mid-major basketball, there's some big ones. I'm really looking forward to our matchup. Uh, we've got a home game against St. Louis, who is picked to finish second in the A-10 this year. We've got a matchup, a neutral site matchup against Nevada, who uh, is picked to finish fifth in the Mountain West this year. We're playing them out in Henderson, Nevada. And then we're also playing against UAB, who's picked uh, to finish third in the American. Which one of those games are you most excited for, Eduardo? I, I'm looking forward to the rematch with St. Louis. That was a game that Drake had under control this past season at St. Louis. And they just let it get away, started turning the ball over, and and they just that was that was very disappointing. So I that'll be a good one. I think St. Louis continues to be a really good program. Uh, so that's the one that I think I'm most excited about, aside from the Cayman Islands Classic, because uh, obviously we still don't know all of our opponents there. I think it'd be really cool to play a program like Stephen F. Austin, for example. But yeah, I mean. When you look at our non-conference, I think the thing that's lacking is like that power five, you know, those power five big hitters, which, yeah, it would be nice to have a couple, you know, one or two, you know, Big Ten or SEC or or, or whatever type schools. But the truth is, when you go kind of game by game, like there's really only a handful what you would what you would call easy games. Uh, you have a lot of really good mid-majors in there and a lot of teams that Drake is probably pretty comparable. You know, even like a Texas Southern. I mean, that's a team that, yeah, smaller conference, but they're, you know, routinely in the NCAA tournament. You know, same thing with Oakland uh, and the Cayman Islands Classic. So I, I feel pretty good about the non-con, you know, o- overall, even though I at first it felt a little bit underwhelming but it's it's good. Even Lipscomb, who will be our, our first our first opponent right out right out of the gate, like they're they're a good program. They really are. Yeah. And just to defend our coaching staff in terms of scheduling, it is virtually impossible, especially if you're a good 
mid-major to get quality matchups against power five schools anymore because it's oh, i know you look at last year we played mississippi state uh and lincoln nebraska who was ranked at the time i think 15th in the country and drake went in there and obviously beat them and <laughs> games like that as great as they are at the time they're just they eventually serve as sort of just another nail in the coffin for reasons of why those teams refuse to play us and it's because uh we win i mean the great Cayman Islands Classic, initially Ole Miss and Wake Forest were both announced as teams that were going to be participating in there. And uh, lo and behold, they dropped out. And so, you know, then the tournament had to find uh, some replacement teams. But like you said, still very excited to watch us play in that. Utah State out of the Mountain West is on the other side of the bracket. So if Drake takes care of business and makes a run to the finals, we could very well meet up with them there, which would be a fun game. Yeah, sometimes it's hard to just to look at some of these mid-majors and they're at the same level or higher than other power five teams. And, and that's just, I guess, just bias, right? Like if you see, I don't know, throw in like a random big 10 team, like, Oh, we're playing Illinois. People would be like, Oh, that's cool. You know, we're playing a big 10, a big 10 opponent, but are they really that much better than St. Louis? Like probably not, you know what I mean? So it's just, it's just the name brand recognition really. Sure. Absolutely. But yeah, you mentioned uh, Lipscomb. Drake kicks off the season, non-conference season this year with our first game in the NAP Center this coming Wednesday against Lipscomb. Uh, The Bison were picked sixth in this year's uh, Atlantic Sun. Uh, They're coached by Lenny Akuff, I believe his name is pronounced. And uh, it looks to be a pretty good opening matchup for the Bulldogs. Yeah, you know, they they lost some guys from from this past year. I I was looking at at some of their at their schedule from last year and they they actually beat belmont in a close game they played michigan pretty tough they beat louisville so when you look at how they traditionally have been they tend to be a pretty good offensive team and yeah i mean i expect a really tough game uh they tend to schedule pretty well uh lipscomb does so i don't think it'll be a walk in the park uh by any stretch uh, probably a little bit tougher of an opponent opponent that you would want on your first game of the season, but I guess maybe that's why the exhibitions are 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 helpful uh, to kind of get your get get your rhythm to to start the year. But I mean, mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just pumped pumped to see you know an official Drake game and and to see everyone together for the first time officially. Yeah, no, I mean it's uh, I think it'll be a little bit of trial by fire. Um, if maybe a slightly lower heat fire. Uh, the Bison are welcoming, uh, they've got first team all-conference in the A-Sun, Jacob Ognasevic, who was second in the entire league in scoring. They were actually voted uh, in the A-Sun media day as the hardest team to prepare for, which will put uh, you know Coach DeVries' prep to the test because they do run a lot of very motion-heavy offenses, like you mentioned earlier. They keep guys moving throughout the possession, possession, which will definitely be testing our defense to make sure that they can stay locked in, not losing guys on back screens. So uh, yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun matchup. Yeah, I, I would just say, you know, for Bulldog fans, just don't freak out if this is a tight game, if Lipscomb is hang, hanging around, because like I said, they they know what they're doing. They're a twenty win. 20 wins is 20 wins and they're a 20 win program this past this past year um it'll be a tough one i i don't think it'll be just 
something that will be easy and straightforward for Drake, but it'll be a nice test right off the gate. I know uh, Brian Harden's been posting about some upgrades they've made to the NAP Center in the offseason. They uh, put in a center scoreboard that's hanging down there now. And obviously, you know, they've been making upgrades to the lower bowl over the past couple of years. So if you if you haven't gotten a chance to uh, visit the NAP Center, make sure you come out and see it because it's it's just getting better and better. It looks nice. It looks nice. They the I would say like the previous NAP Center always kind of had like an unfinished feel to it <laughs> if that makes sense because uh, you know you had kind of like some of the nicer seats and then the bleachers but now with some of the renovations that they've done it all feels kind of all is one um so i i think it looks nice um and you know they keep doing just small modifications every year and i think it looks looks a lot better It'd be a tough tough place to play in semi-related news i did see that drake and Confluence Brewing partnered to uh, create a Bulldog beer, uh, which I think the proceeds, they do not go to the NIL fund, but they go to uh, the Bulldog Club, which funds various sports across Drake University. Have you gotten a chance to try that yet, Eduardo? I have not. I have not, but I'm very pro. And I, I hope that down the road, there is also a some kind of cider collaboration, since I am a cider person. But for Drake... And for Confluence, I will for sure give that a try next time uh, Next time I, I see it. Well, is, uh, is there anything we missed out on? Is there anything you wanted to hit on before we sign off? You know, I think I think we covered a lot. The one thing I'll say just as, as the season is getting ready to start is let's hope the Valley has a strong showing in the non-conference. I know we talked a lot about teams projected to finish in the top of the Valley, but it just puts so much more stress on you if... To make the tournament, you have to win your conference tournament. Just a very stressful proposition. Uh, so it would be great if if the Valley can have a two two teams in the in the NCAA tournament this year. So I will put aside my my hatred of several teams in the Valley um, <laughs> just temporarily for a month, so that we can get some nice non conference wins because. It's too much pressure. It's too much pressure. And even though Bradley fans will get mad at me for saying that regular season titles don't really mean anything if you don't get into the NCAA tournament, that's kind of how it goes. Like, yeah, if you win the regular season title, that's that's great for the program. But if you don't get in the NCAA tournament, then uh, then it's uh, not too much fun. Yes. Conference play is an echo chamber. So we'll be rooting on all Valley schools to go out there if if Evansville and Valpo could do whatever they possibly can to avoid being a 300 and lower uh, ranked team, that would be huge. Because, I mean, having anchors in conference play, it just dooms you. Because inevitably, <laughs> they get an upset against someone, and it just screws everybody. So Aces, Crusaders, no, not Crusaders anymore, Beacons. Oh. Please, please pick up some wins in the non-con. Hey, UIC is doing its part. They're getting better. I I, I have faith in UIC uh, being better this season in the Valley. Uh, picked up a couple transfers. They were really competitive, even though they didn't have a great record. So I'm hopeful that the Flames will not drag us down. And now we need some other teams to also step up. No, absolutely. I actually think uh, UIC is going to finish ahead of probably Illinois State and potentially Southern Illinois. Wow. There there you go. That's your hot take. There's my hot take. I've been saving it for the end of the podcast. 
You will not hear that take in any other podcast. I can guarantee it. Only on Drake Basketball Podcast. All right. Well, that's all we have for you today. Thanks for tuning in, Bulldog fans. Uh, we'll be back very soon uh, to preview upcoming opponents, break down old games. And we're just uh, so excited to have another season of Drake Basketball heading our way.